It was a tough weekend for the Louisville women's basketball team as their season ended at the hands of the South Carolina Gamecocks in the Final Four. We'll talk about that contest and more on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Let's get right on into it. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way that you play fantasy sports with dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. As always, I want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services. Five days a week, your team every day as i mentioned a tough weekend for the women's basketball team as they lost in the final four to the south carolina gamecocks we will talk about everything you need to know from that matchup and how the the gamecocks um, executed a very solid game plan against the cardinals we will also um, give some shout outs to the three departing seniors emily Ingsler, kiana smith and chelsea hall and then finally we'll talk about the recent phenomenon um, from a portion of the Louisville fan base that has decided to bash head coach Jeff Walls after the final four loss. We'll talk about why you should not do that in the final segment, but we'll start out talking about the game uh, as a whole. The Cardinals lost 72 to 59 and for South Carolina, it was all about hitting the Cardinals early on went on an 11 to two run to start the game. Um, Aaliyah Boston got going early they got some great guard play from, uh, you know, Destiny Henderson, Zaya Cook, you know, so on and so forth. It, it was a little bit, I don't think that there was one trend throughout the game because I think that, um, you know, even when it seemed like the Gamecocks were going to pull away and this was going to be a blowout, Jeff Walls' team came right back and kept it competitive. Um, when they went down 11-2, to they ended up battling back to tie the game up at 26 Um at the uh, kind of sort of toward the end of the second quarter, South Carolina, I think, went on like a 6-0 run to end the quarter. Ended up going up by 15 at one point in the third, and then Louisville was able to cut the lead to 9 by the end of that quarter. And then at that point, it was just a matter of not being able to really claw your way back in. You know, shout out to South Carolina. I will say this, you know, there are – a lot, there's a good portion of the fan base out there that wants to talk about officiating and stuff like that. We, we will. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But I do first want to give credit to Don Staley and the South Carolina Gamecocks. I feel like um, what they set out to do, they did it successfully. That was uh, make life tough for Haley Van Litt on the offensive end. They put um, a big defender on her. And uh, I think it was I think it was Bree Beal that played defense on Haley Van Lith, really made it tough for her, kind of, um, you know, fought through every ball screen. So when Haley did get the ball in the little curl that she likes, um, you know, they were very adamant on contesting that shot, got a couple of blocks. And, and it wasn't the greatest game for Haley. Um, but ultimately, I, I think that, um, you know, South Carolina did well in that area. They used their length and athleticism to really disrupt the Cardinals on both ends of the court. Um, they made it their mission at times, and they shied away from it a bit. But, um, you know, for the most part, they went to what has worked all year long, and that is getting the ball in Aaliyah Boston's hands. The National Player of the Year had over 20 points and 20 rebounds, which, um, you know, six foot five, it's it's very tough to guard that. And, um, you know, she, I mean, she made the Cardinals pay all over the court. Um, I, I will say, though, um, 
to be fair, and I'm never one to blame a, a game or a loss on officiating, even when, you know, uh, Louisville men's basketball took on North Carolina and the whole uh, Armando Baycott flop and the uh, technical foul saga and stuff like that. I, I didn't blame the game on officiating. I'm not going to do that here. But what I am going to say is I'm going to acknowledge it because, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think that the statistics really – um, kind of captured the picture. South Carolina did take 10 more free throws, um, and Louisville only committed six more fouls. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I mean, for Aaliyah Boston to um, defend a lot of uh, post action from Olivia Cochran and, and even Liz Dixon at times and Emily Inksler to end up with zero fouls, um, you know, I thought that uh, South Carolina got away with some travels, with some over-the-back fouls that were not called. Um, yeah, I'm not ultimately saying that it was the cause for the loss because it wasn't because the Cardinals at the end of the day shot the ball one for eight from behind the arc. Um, you know, they were very, very rushed on offense. They committed 15 turnovers, field goal percentage wise. I mean, they shot 43% from the field, which only about 4% less than the South Carolina Gamecocks. But excuse me, I don't know why I always get the hiccups during these shows, but Regardless, I think that it's one of those, it was a perfect storm of things. Um, Haley Van Litz struggled, and like I said, I couldn't really find her shot. She did score in um, double figures, however. Um, she had, I'm sorry, she didn't score. She had nine points and nine rebounds. Emily Inksler scored uh, 18 points, nine rebounds, and, and what, what a performance from her. I felt like Emily Inksler and Kiana Smith, who had 14. Olivia Cochran was big as well, 14 points. I mean, those three together really, really kept the Cardinals in this game. Um, the hustle plays, they were able to kind of bring Louisville back to playing in its identity, which is, you know, uh, relentless hustle and, um, you know, unparalleled work ethic and stuff like that. So, you know, seeing Emily Inksler cry after the after she fouled out on that fifth foul with about 450 left in the fourth quarter, you're immediately getting emotional. And I, I think that that kind of epitomizes the passion and the work ethic that these players played with, not only this game, but all season long. So looking back on it, wrapping up the season, the, the Cardinals end the year in the final four, 29-5 and five final record. Um, it, it's a tough one. You know, I, I'll, I'll say I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, I, I – had a feeling that we would lose to South Carolina. I didn't make a prediction because I felt like, you know, Louisville had the pieces to pull off the upset. And at the end of the day, the the better team won. South Carolina is the best team in the country. And this is being recorded at 940 on a Sunday night. And right now, South Carolina is winning the national championship. At the moment, I'm not saying UConn can't come back. I'm just telling you what's happening in the current sense of when this is being recorded. But it was it was a tough, tough go, um, you know, especially being that close and and really desperately wanting to get over that hump and win the first na uh, national title in program history. Unfortunately, um, it wasn't the Cardinals' year. I think that they handled business. Uh, they beat who they should have beaten throughout the season. Uh, yeah, and then uh, throughout the um, you know tournament, they handled business against Albany and Gonzaga. They took down Tennessee. They held off Michigan. And then when it got to South Carolina, there were points in the game, which they I thought they played pretty well. Unfortunately, they didn't necessarily put together the consistent performance to where they uh, were, were getting you know things going for 40 minutes. It was really more along the lines of maybe like 15 or so. And um, that that's kind of the way it is, unfortunately. South Carolina, credit to them, credit to, to Don Staley and company for drawing up a, a, up a game plan that really made Louisville work for things and get them out of their rhythm. 
I thought that the Cardinals missed some wide open layups. They missed some opportunities to get back in this game or even to go ahead. Um, but Louisville never once led in this game, I don't believe. Um, actually, hold on. They may have. Um, I don't want to say that and be wrong, so I do need to go and check that. Um, yeah, so Louisville led by three in this game. And they took a three-point lead just uh, for South Carolina to go on like a 5 or 7-0 run. And that's kind of the the way it is and the way South Carolina is. They they have a ton of depth. They have a ton of athleticism, size, um, you know, length. And, and it really makes things tough for, you know, a team that relies a lot on playing quick because you know, you can only mask over um, lack of size for, for so long. And I'm not saying that Louisville didn't have size, but I think it's more so the fact that South Carolina had an abundant abundancy of size you know with Aaliyah Boston their best player being six foot five so um it was a pretty solid season I mean anytime you go to a final four I think it's a great year um, we're going to talk about why global fans just really need to be grateful for lack of better terms and not um you know try to deliver a hot take just for the sake of delivering a hot take um but I won't go into that too much I, I do want to um give a, a shout out to the departing seniors um Emily Inksler, Kiana Smith, Chelsea Hall, and talk about the contributions those players have made to this program, respectively. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Stat Hero. March Madness ends tonight. The Kansas Jayhawks taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, I don't know if you all have had any luck in your brackets. Uh, mine was pretty much shattered in, in the first weekend, so... Uh, um, if you if that happened to you, trust me, I feel your pain. But you still you have a chance to play a, a single game pick'em from Stat Hero. It pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid. You can take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Um, in addition to the pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can come through to take on head to head. It's the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. And simply, Stat Hero was kind of what daily fantasy was meant to be. So you can sign up for free right now. At stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Once again, that's stathero.com slash locked on while using the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Also, want to take this time to uh, remind you how appreciative I am uh, of you all making Locked On Global your first listen of the day. And just a reminder the show uh, can be found free on all streaming services, including YouTube, five days a week, your team every day. The trio of Cardinals leaving the program and Emily Ingsler, Kiana Smith, and Chelsea Hall will be extremely missed. We'll talk about um, the first one um, to start out with. Emily Ingsler um, led the team, rebounds, steals, blocks, um, averaged 11.9 points, 9.4 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 2.7 steals, 1.8 blocks. Per game, respectively. And I'll be honest, I mean, I, I think that the only thing I regret about this season, about having Emily Ingsler as a Cardinal, is the fact that we only got one year as Emily Ingsler as a Cardinal. Um, seeing the emotion that she played with, and, you know, we, we, we saw the passion and the emotion that she showed in that press conference after the Elite Eight, and she got a little choked up and, and you know, had some tears when we talk about Jeff Walls and the role that he's played in this season. And then we saw the immediate emotional reaction when when she fouled out with 450 left in the fourth quarter. And and I I think I can speak for the fan base when I say that we all felt that emotion. Um, we all felt that, like, um, you know, 
there was like a hole, you know, like a pit in your stomach and you, you, you felt sick to your stomach or at least I did. I, I guess I can't necessarily speak for the whole fan base, but it, it was, it was a tough thing. It was a tough pill to swallow because um, it's been such a joy watching Emily play this season. She is 1000% the best, the best bus player, the best player, uh, the best defensive player in college basketball. Um, you know, what she was able to do, the impact that she had on this team on the court, on both ends of the court, whether it was the pick and roll game on offense or, you know, the pick and roll game on defense, being able to switch and guard one through five um, and being a rim protector that maybe Louisville hadn't necessarily had since Kylie Shook. I, I think that her impact stretched way beyond the stat sheet. I'm talking like if this is the stat sheet right here, it goes way beyond the stat sheet. And um, I think that the really the only emotion that I have is gratitude now. Um, but I think her impact off the court, off the court, might or may it's still on the court, but like it, it's not necessarily from a basketball sense. The swagger, the New York style toughness that she played with, that she carried herself with, that she unapologetically represented this university with. Yeah, I think it trickled down. I think that that um, that that take no shit mentality, um, you know, it trickled down to this team, and it got to the way this this team was scared to play no one. I'm not saying they ever have been or ever will be, but you could definitely tell it was like it was a relentless like, hey, we are not backing down. And um, I, I just think that the highs highs and lows of the season, um, you know, Emily Ingsler being there for it all. Um, I'm so so glad that she chose to come here for her, for her, um, for as a grad transfer. The other grad transfer, Chelsea Hall, um, maybe not necessarily lighting it up stat sheet wise. She averaged uh, 6.8 points per game, 1.5 steals, 3.1 rebounds, 2.1 assists. Um, you know, ultimately, I think that she had some solid moments here at Louisville. There were some times where. She maybe not necessarily didn't leave that huge of an impact in the box score, but she had some big-time plays. I think back to some of her most clutch performances, and I think that that's kind of the one thing Chelsea Hall did. It was you'll bring a ton of leadership, maturity, and poise to that point guard position. Um, she recognized that, you know, hey, I'm not the number one nor number two starter, so I'm going to play very good defense and I'm going to try to facilitate the ball and get us some open shots. And I thought that she did that in a very unselfish way, and um, that that has to be recognized. And But I think one thing that has really stepped out to me about her what was her ability to make plays in clutch time. Um, I think back to the Kentucky game in December. She made some big-time plays. The three-pointer that she hit down in Coral Gables against Miami on February 1st, that was huge. I mean, we talk about the three for three in the first half against um, you know, against Michigan in the Elite Eight. But she's made some very, very big time plays. And um I would be remiss if I didn't uh say thank you to her as well, because I think that she played a bigger role than people want to um you know give credit for just because it didn't necessarily reflect in the box box score. So uh shout out to Chelsea. Wish her the best of luck as well. The um, third departing senior who, uh, unlike the other two, has been here for three seasons, transferred in, um, and I think she had to sit her first year. Is that right? I could be completely wrong. Yeah, she had to sit her first year after transferring um, After transferring from Cal. Uh, came here, and I, um, I told people – 
in I had a um uh, an open letter to Louisville women Louisville um women's basketball for Cardinal Sports Zone, and I think I used the term uh you know Kiana came here as a as a possible key rotational piece, and she left as a Louisville legend and a thousand point scorer. Um, you know from a place where she averaged um you know just under ten points a game both years at Cal. She came into Louisville in 2020 and 2021 that season, averaged 11.4 and shot the ball really, really well from from the field and from behind the arc. Um, I think that she had some moments this year to where she maybe not necessarily played up to her level, but ultimately I thought she had a great year as well for this season. The fact that she wasn't even an all-ACC honorable mention is absolutely egregious. Um, it is unacceptable and it's unexplainable, uh, unjustifiable, if you will. Um, but her ability to come in to a team that had Dana Evans and, and incorporated Haley Van Lith and um, some other players that that got some you know minutes as well, I think that she did really well with accepting her role and uh, being able to not only shoot the ball well but also create her own shot. Um, you know, I, I am very, very happy that she came here as well. All three come in as transfers, and all three will leave as some Louisville favorites over the past handful of years. Kiana, in particular, um, she's another player that I wish would have came here for her first season. And um, but unfortunately, sometimes that's not how things work. Um, you just have to you know deal with what you have. It's two great years with Kiana here. There's no doubt in my mind that she has a future in the WNBA. Uh, should she wish to pursue it, um, and um, like I said, I, I think that the the overwhelming emotion that I have for these three uh, departing seniors is just gratitude um, for everything that they brought to the table. Their leadership, um, you know, jumped off the page, and it, you don't see that in the stat sheet. But them being able to be the calming presence on the court, off the court, um, being poised, um, you know, having that maturity and being um, you know staples of the community. And, um, you know, pillars of this program and representing what this program stands for, you can't necessarily ask for a better trio uh, of leaders. So definitely appreciate them. Um, but I'll be honest, we also need to appreciate Jeff Walls. And um, I, for the most part, people do. There is a sector of the fan base, however, that has taken to completely bash him since the team's loss. We're going to talk about why you should not do that. Here in the next segment, after we talk about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest uh, latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. It's your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Look, after the loss on Friday evening, I, I went on Twitter and I'm like, you know, I just want to see gratitude. And, and for the most part, I saw that. I, I just, you know, the loss is already hard enough. I don't want this fan base to, to turn on each other or anything. I saw a good sector of the fan base and it's probably a small portion of the fan base. So it doesn't really reflect the, the mainstream line of thinking or the majority or anything like that. But it was enough to make me think, okay, I've got to, I've got to address this because I don't agree at all. 
and I, of course I'm talking about the ideology. I, I'm not saying that this is for word what's being said, but to essentially summarize what some people are saying is Jeff Walls is is a coach that can't win the big game. He's been knocking on the door a handful of times, but um, has fallen short um, you know throughout his career here at Louisville. Um, they go on to essentially bash him for that fact, um, you know, calling him a regular season coach and stuff like that. And it doesn't matter how much success you have if you can't win it at the end of the year. Um, you know, essentially just going down the line of why, you know, trying to discredit what Jeff Wallace has done since he took over this program in 2007, you know, so on and so forth. And let, let me just say, I could not disagree anymore with that, with those statements, with that line of thinking, because I, I will let me first introduce this. Um, you know, I will say on ninety three nine, um, you know, Dave Dave Skull and Chrissy Banta have quite possibly the greatest um, women's basketball post game show that I've ever witnessed. Um, you know, both uh, part of um, the Crunch Zone, um, you know, the Crunch Zone Pod, uh, the Crunch and you know, the now the post game show this year. They have done a great job of breaking down each and every game, being critical when needed, but also, you know, being fair to coaches. And Dave, uh, who is at Biggest Biscuit um, on Twitter, if you don't follow him, definitely uh, give him a follow. He tweeted out, um, he tweeted out yesterday, and I quote: "If a men's coach came in here, you know, came in here, meaning Louisville." and went to 11 Sweet 16s, 7 Elite 8s, and 4 Final 4s in 15 years, you would all be ecstatic. It's actually you all that had the double standard. That's a fact. You're trying too hard to have a hot take. And he goes on to say, Jeff Walls isn't above criticism, and the women's players are not above reproach. In fact, we did a lot of criticism and questioning all year long on the postgame show, especially after losses. So, I don't know. Tune in. Literally, the only thing Walls in this program has not done is win a title. He puts us in position to have a shot on the regular. It's going to happen. And this, my friends, this, all of those that are listening, is the correct take on this whole debate. Because there's not as much parity in women's college basketball as there is men's. You know, men's, I, I think that, you know, if, if you have a team repeat in the, um, if you have a team repeat in a, a, a select you know decade, that, I mean that's a, that's a hell of a team, that's a hell of a program. Since 2012, so go back the past decade, including this year's well. So I guess you could say you know the past ten tournaments because 2020 wasn't played. Since 2012, when Baylor went 40 and 0, five teams have won a national title. Five teams have won a national title. Now, listen to this. <coughs> Sorry. Um, you know, UConn, South Carolina, if South Carolina uh, wins one last night, obviously it's not playing. Um, UConn and Baylor are the only teams to have won it multiple times, and UConn's won it four. They won it four times in a row from 13 to 16 with Brianna Stewart. Baylor. Has won it twice. Notre Dame won it in 2018. It's I, I'm trying to say this respectfully because I, I respect the fact that you you have criticism. And like I said, I think Dave said it best. We're not saying 
that Jeff Walls does not deserve criticism. We're not saying that, you know, the players don't deserve some criticism because I think that South Carolina um, executed a better game plan um, against Louisville. But make no mistake about it, in the Final Four, the Gamecocks were nearly a 10-point favorite over the Cardinals. I think that that's more so, um, you know, epitomizing the fact that South Carolina was the best team in the country. They are the best team in the country. So I will say that to say this. You look back at the opening years of the Walls era. UConn had a run unlike any other program's run in NCAA history outside of the UCLA teams with Bill Walton and Lou Alcindor, also known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. UConn, um, let me go back and, you know, they had it from 2013 to 16. They also won it 2009, 2010. And then you had Baylor going 40-0 and and Brittany Griner in 2012. If you say that he can't win the big game, I guess you must just not have watched 2013 when they beat Baylor as one of the biggest underdogs in sports. Or beaten Tennessee the time after. Or beaten Cal in the Final Four. Or getting to the Final Four. Because you still have to beat good teams to get there. The fact that we've gotten to the point where greatness is expected so much to the point to where a sector of the fan base believes that that is not enough. And let me explain to you all how hard it is to win a national title, especially when you have these programs that you're going up against. It took Dean Smith. It took Mike Krzyzewski. It took some of these coaches four times, four or five times, you know, four or five Final Four appearances just to win a national title. It is not easy. Will Jeff Walls get there? Of course he will. If for some reason we get to the end of Jeff Walls' career here at Louisville uh, down the road and he has not won a national title, maybe then can we have a conversation. We cannot have a conversation in 2022 about Jeff Walls not being the right man for this job. I'm just, I, I have to, you know, voice my disagreement with that take because I, and I'm getting a little frustrated because I feel like we're trying to discredit greatness. I feel like we're trying to discredit greatness by saying he's not a big game coach. Mind you, the only time in the Final Four that we can go back to and think Louisville should have won it that year was 2018. And if it probably wasn't for a bad call on Maisha Hines Allen getting blatantly hacked and a, a foul not getting called at the end of regulation against Mississippi State, Louisville goes on to play Notre Dame in the championship game, a team that they had beaten twice that year. 2009-2013, they played a UConn team that wasn't losing. Brianna Stewart was some of the best. That 2013-2016 uh, you know, four-year four period was the best four-year period from any program in college sports history. Let's just go ahead and say it. Brianna Stewart and that team, they were not losing games, especially not in the, in the NCAA tournament. 2022, South Carolina, although they aren't on that UConn level, they've lost two games all year. They're clear-cut the best team in the country. So you have to take it with context. Should there be some criticism at times? Yeah, I mean, I think that throughout his career, I think that Louisville's lost some games that they should have won. I think the players, you know, they sometimes they deserve criticism as well. I'm not saying that they don't. I'm just saying that you can criticize them rightfully while also not being... 100% hyperbolic and trying to make a hot take just to have a hot take. I get it's 2022. Having a hot take is popular nowadays. 
I'm just asking you all to look at this in, in a you know stepping back and looking at this from a whole big picture standpoint of what he's been able to do here at Louisville. And I think that we're you know a good amount of us are being ungrateful for that. But I digress. That's the end of my rant. I apologize for rambling on. I just kind of had to come out there and say that um, you know this episode talked about. Um, you know, the, the loss of South Carolina, sh- giving a shout out to the three seniors leaving and talk about why we need to stop trying to discredit what Jeff Wallace has done in his career here at Louisville. Um, on tomorrow's episode, um, we are going to discuss uh, L. Ellis deciding to return, Matt Cross looking to enter or entering the transfer portal while also probably doing a mailbag segment. I want to take this time to um, – Tell you about Locked On NFL Draft, which you should make your second listen of the day because Locked On was your first. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL to life every day with inside analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. But that's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. Have a great week. And we will see you right back here tomorrow. Go Cards.